0: Welcome to the sober nation FM podcast where we're putting recovery on the map. I'm your host, Jonathan Sylvester. This show is brought to you by sobriety engine. Do you want to take your recovery to the next level? Do you want more support community and fellowship sobriety engine is an incredible community of men and women supporting each other in their recovery, you can get a ton of great tips, resources and guidance to help you succeed in recovery and in life. Visit sobrietyengine.com to join today. Sober Nation FM is also brought to you by Recover Health. If you're ready to get fit and start living a healthier lifestyle all while supporting your sobriety, then you can learn more about having me as your own personal fitness and nutrition coach at rcvrhealth.com. And whether you're listening to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, please share this with your friends, follow, subscribe, and leave a review. Nation, let's hop right into today's episode. Today, I'll be speaking with the editor-in-chief of Recovery Today magazine, Rob Hanley. Thanks for joining me, Rob.
1: Hey, absolutely, Jonathan. My pleasure, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, We were chatting a little bit. Crazy, crazy time in the world, Uh, but I guess most of us have a little extra time on our hands right now, uh, so I'm, I'm glad we were able to uh, to link up and man, I want to hear all about the magazine and, and I'm sure you've got a lot of cool insights you can give me on on that and what you guys are doing. But first I really wanted to start off by having you share a little bit about what things were like for you personally before you got sober. So
1: what was going on before you actually found your way into recovery? Yeah, sure. So um and again, you know, great to be here, man. I, I love what you guys do. You've got a really large and rabid following. And um, just one more piece overall to this whole uh, be part of the solution, you know, be part of, of something to help people out. So, love that. Um, yeah. First of all, I kind of rewind and I say that uh, my sober date was actually back in 1994. So I've been sober now for um, a long, long time. I I, I almost really don't even count now. And so my story personally is I'm the last of eight kids in a pretty normal um, middle class type family. My father was a um, career um, Air Force um, uh, officer. He was a retired colonel and um, just kind of a normal, you know, raised in in kind of a normal catholic type of a family um but i remember as a boy um everybody in my family's really high achievers um almost everybody's self employed i've now lost a um uh two of my sisters um but um three of my sisters excuse me i probably should have that right but uh when you got that many kids it's hard to keep track okay but everybody's a pretty much a high achiever we're always fairly that way, even as kids. Except my sister, my the youngest daughter, and she was the first to pass of all of the children. She, I remember when I was uh, when I was about eight years old. My sister was a heroin addict, so this would have been about 1973 or 1974. And I'm riding my bike to the park, and I would see what we called then hippies. You know, you're much younger than I am, but you've seen movies and whatnot. And they'd sit in a circle at the park, and they'd shoot up. And I remember, you know, 10 years ago, kind of hearing about kind of heroin making this resurgence, thanks to big pharma and um, pills and things like that. But back then, heroin was really like the big thing. So that was kind of my first exposure to it. My father, um, you know, this was back in the day, man. So it was a lot different. He was probably a problem. I shouldn't say probably. He was a problem gambler, you know, I'm pretty sure. Uh, was he played the stock market, in football games, and things like that? And then um, the youngest brother a- after me, that is the the seventh in the family, is my brother Greg Hanley, and um, he was a an, an addict himself, as well. And uh, he's kind of the genesis of how the magazine started. But my own personal story, you know, it, it's it, it's probably it's not really um, dark. I wasn't homeless. It was nothing like that uh, at all. But it just really, it didn't serve me uh, to, you know, to continue to drink. And I was one of the first people in my family to get sober. So um, I guess what they would kind of call now today, like sober curious. Um, I mean, I it got to this point where I would drink a couple of beers and I would have uh, two or three beers and I'd have a hangover the next day. And I'm very entrepreneurial. I had a full-time job at the time. Um, working in corporate America and I was always doing entrepreneurial things and I wasn't sleeping a lot and I just literally, I, I couldn't afford to drink. So one day kind of as a test and I, I had got very heavily into personal development and the whole idea of creating a vision and a life for yourself and something bigger than, uh, than you, you know, might've just been, um, you know, destined like you're going to work 40 hours and all this stuff like that. I was pursuing all kinds of different things and, sure. and very into like, wow, the possibilities of doing anything and so my roommate one day asked me they said you know what did you quit drinking like he asked me to get him a glass of wine I was in the kitchen and they said yeah I I, I think that I did so now we have this thing kind of called sober curious that's really big online and people quitting and they're a day or whatever it was but right what I did really was um, I mean and I did have some dark stuff I mean I did you know, completely total a car once and rolled it about seven times. And I've had my DUIs and I've been arrested when I was, you know, like a little kid uh, for drinking and stuff like that. I got expelled out of high school. So there's not the dark kind of stuff that I hear a lot. I mean, my story is nothing compared to the stories that I hear in the magazine, but it's all, you know, kind of different levels. Sure. And so I, w- I just, for me, it was like, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I guess I quit. And so for, um, you know one one month turned into six months turned into a year and kind of the whole thing was I'm the non-drinker I'm the guy that doesn't drink and so now I've actually been sober for all of these years the thing that I have struggled with pretty badly though that I feel kind of gives me the empathy specifically for recovery today is my father suffered from really bad depression Mm -hmm. and um you know, I think that it's something that's pretty hereditary. It's something that's pretty prevalent, particularly in people my age. But I had my first really serious depression when I was about 24, 25 years old and a nervous breakdown. I was in college at the time. And so I dealt with anxiety and fear and depression for a lot of my life. And it's something that I still, you know, it's something that I still um, have to kind of tend that garden as much as I can. And if I and not purposeful and intent on it, it gets out of hand pretty, pretty quickly. So since that's kind of a co-occurring type of a disorder, if you will, it happens a lot with addiction and sobriety. Sure. It's something that we like to talk about a lot at Recovery recovery Today. But my own recovery story is not really, I, I think it's very unremarkable. Um, actually in terms of, you know, I, I, there's so many guests that we have that have been to rehab 57 times or they burn through a fortune or they, right. uh, yeah. you know, all kinds of horrific things. I feel very, um, I, I don't know what the word is. Like, I really am not, uh, I don't, I'm not bringing enough pain, I, I guess, overall to it. I just had thought like, I want to do something bigger and better with my life. And that was kind of what it happened. And it started like as an experiment. And then I just kind of kept going and going and, you know, why would I now? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I recovered. That's kind of how my own personal recovery story, but then leading into, I guess I would say to the start of recovery today, which right, is probably yeah. a, a lot more interesting than my own story uh, is <clears throat> um, uh, I, I was looking for something. I'm a, I'm a I'm an entrepreneur and a digital marketer. I've been marketing on the internet for forever, and my brother had a very successful, uh, hugely successful, and still in business today um, uh, treatment center. Okay. Um, in fact, he had 13 of them at one time. It was wow. called Sober Recovery, still in operation, and. God bless him. He's always helped me out. And so he gave me something to do back in about 2012 or 2013 started out building a website for him. And then I I, I like advertising. And so starting a magazine was kind of this idea that I was exposed to, which was different than like a newsletter or something like that. And so I proposed to him like, hey, like we should start a magazine. He had been in the magazine business before. He loved magazines. And so we started this up, and then that was really the only kind of a treatment center that would be in the magazine. And as I wrote, I'm a copywriter. As you can tell, I'm a communicator. I like to talk. Um, I really found uh, um, a lot of um, empathy and purpose in looking to help those. I mean, you could sell all kinds of things on the, online, but when you can help somebody save their life or save the life of a kid or something like that, it resonates really, really deeply with me. Yeah. And so I just found a lot of purpose in doing something that was really, really big and it was really meaningful. And that's kind of the start of recovery today. It started to take off really quickly. Um, We started to attract some really big um, uh, um, celebrity and influential type of people. And then it just started to grow and grow and grow.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, and and I want to go back to just to rewind your your personal story real quick. You know, one thing that that I always like to ask guests on the show because I think, uh, again, just like some of the stories in the magazine uh, w- will help others. You know, our our own personal story, um, no matter how you know insignificant it may seem to you, you know, it still helps other people. I think one thing that is interesting. I was just having this conversation and and as important that, it, um, you know, I, I don't think, things don't have to get bad, right? Like, I think that was important for me to hear. Like, I didn't, I didn't have, for me, it did get bad, personally, but we don't have to lose everything, you know? I think that's important, especially for, uh, for new people to hear, you know? We don't have to end up being, you know, what a lot of us think of it, it, an addict looks like, the homeless guy, or ruining all of our relationships or going broke or, or whatever it is, that doesn't have to happen. Right. But um, and not to downplay the depression, because you did mention that, but was there anything else that you feel like you really struggled with early on in sobriety
1: beyond the, uh, the depression? You know, um, not, not, you know, not so much. Again, I, I find, I find my recovery story, my addiction recovery story to be Fairly unremarkable, with the exception of of my own family, okay. and my own um, experiences within my family. I mean, my sister, yeah. um, that was the heroin addict. She did die when she was about forty-seven. She lived a, a life of she was incredible when she was sober. Um, you know, married an alcoholic who was probably almost a worse alcoholic than her, and um, had you know got cancer and hepatitis C from when she had been a drug user. So I, I. I really get and understand all all of this, Um, but probably the the worst for me personally, like it it was really nothing. It was people just kind of mocking me and saying like, you know, so what did you quit drinking? It was, but it's really, it's nothing. And I say that it's funny that you had mentioned the homeless guy, because in this issue that we're doing right now, um i'm in inter- we uh um, featured and interviewed a guy that had been homeless from the time that he was 14 until he was 37 wow. and he was addicted to pretty much everything you can imagine he's served time he's done stuff like that so that's kind of the backdrop of my, of, of where my own reluctance to try to promote and to try to make recovery today and i think that that uh, that recovery in general is all about truth and authenticity so for me personally no the, the sobriety part has never really been too difficult. I was able to kind of rewire my mind a long time ago that I'm, that this is who I am. Hmm. When I had met my wife, I met my wife at church. I started going to church and stuff. I I got around people that weren't really drinking. My wife actually, she's pretty, really normal. She doesn't understand any of this and she still will, you know, have a cocktail or two or drink when we go out for dinner, but she's never known a husband that drank or used at all. And so for me, the biggest part overall was like really, really profound depressions. Um, you know, what I learned later was actually called suicidal ideation. And it went back. Um, I didn't even know what that was, except for I can tell you, like, when I was in the throes originally of um, of uh, what I learned at, by going to a therapist was, you know, I said, I think I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. And she said, no, no, like. You pass that. You've already had a nervous breakdown, I assure you. <laughs> yeah. But I remember thinking all the time, and it's it's happened a couple of times in my life, like, you know, I could just swerve my car out in traffic. Or if I'm driving around a cliff, I could I could just drive over a cliff. Or if I was on an airplane, and I know that somebody that's listening right now will go, oh, yeah, that's me. I'd be on an airplane, and I think if it crashed, I'd probably die really quickly, and I wouldn't care at all. Yeah. So if it wasn't for the love of the, those that are around me, my wife, my kids, the wreckage, the damage, um, of even people that you don't know, Mm -hmm. you could have a grade school friend that you say, Oh my God, John Jacob Jingleheimer, whatever happened to him. And you hadn't seen him since fourth grade. And somebody would say, Oh yeah, he, he killed himself. And it leaves this profound, residual wreckage on everybody's life everybody that lived near you or lived in the house that you lived in that just kind of kept me not from from doing that and then really to start to look to look at life really really uniquely so uh, you know it's not like a huge like i say my own personal story isn't one from I went to rehab 57 times but yeah. i feel that i i can i i feel things really really deeply and empathetically for the most part, I mean, I can be kind of an asshole, I think too, you know, for the most part, I I like to say, I I say, I'm sorry pretty quickly also, but that's kind of my own personal thing is like, you know, fear, anxiety, depression. And, um, you know, that's probably from my own, from my own perspective. Yeah,
0: for sure. No, I, I get that. And I do want to ask, you know, because it sounds like you were a fairly successful guy, even, even, uh, to a large degree when you were uh, in the throes of your addiction. And it sounds like you got into a lot of personal development and things like that, which I love. I personally feel like that's something that, um, you know, that everyone in recovery and everyone in general should really look into more, uh, you know, whether that's, you know, just reading or mentorship or, you know, something like a mastermind group or something along those lines, you know, I think that's all really awesome stuff. Um, I want to ask, you know, to to what degree do you think, like, when you put the uh, the substances down, did you see your success and and your drive lot. and
1: everything go to a new level? Yeah, everything really, really started to take off, hmm. and. I mean, I feel that people like us because I don't want to say, "Oh, I'm different than you," or "I'm different than everybody that's out there." My opinion is, as a non-therapist, is I think that, um, uh, um, my opinion is I think that everything from ADD to eating disorders to pornography addiction to now we have social media addiction and stuff like that. I think it's all kind of a dopamine thing that goes on overall in your brain. And so um, I've got a degree in computer engineering. And uh, it was pretty tough to get. Uh, but I did get a degree in computer engineering. I was in corporate America. And yeah, as I started to make changes in my life and really examine, I'm, I like to say, I like to talk about things like this. I like to talk about the weightier matters in life. I mean, I like talking sports and stuff like that. But I like to talk about like, what's your purpose, man? And what, why are you here? And things like that. Why am I here? What's this all about? And I think that people like us tend to examine things like that, at least that's my belief. And that kind of leads us down to, we just don't think like everybody else. Hmm. So um, what happened for me was after I really got very purposeful on creating a vision for my life and, um, and and making changes and being disciplined and kind of creating momentum and things. Yeah, things radically, radically changed for the better. Um, I You know, I I had many, many successful businesses on the internet. I love to teach and to train and to give hope and inspire people. Um, And uh, I I met a wonderful woman. I started, I I have a great family still to this day. I'll be married for 22 years on July the 19th. So I've got a lot of fruit kind of in my life um, that I think of, but I've also discovered as well, it's kind of like everything like personal development and purpose and vision it's kind of like going to the gym and you can't really say, I mean, you being a trainer, you can't really say, yeah, I, you know, I went to the gym years ago. You, right. you just, you don't stay fit. Mm. And so you have to work on things. And now I have the joy of mentoring. My daughter is very, very ambitious. My son is a little older and he's trying to figure things out right now too. My daughter's really into, you know, big dreams and goals and stuff like that. So now I'm kind of digging out some of these books and, looking through things again to try to uh, take it from this kind of a perspective. So yeah, things change dramatically in every area of my life.
0: That's really cool. And I was just kind of laughing to myself, You used the word discipline. And I think that's something I used to, not, I think I used to, like I used to really buck just uh, the whole premise of having any kind of discipline. I think what I've come to see is, is not only do I, uh, thrive with like some structure in my life but I think a lot of addicts really do you know it's like man like once we kind of get this uh, I like re- to refer to it as a system like once we kind of get some kind of system or routine uh, in our lives and that may look you know different for for everyone to some degree but it's like once we get into that then we can really excel but I know for me I really need some kind of discipline and and boundaries and and things like that um because that's, yeah that's i think that's just what works for it me you know
1: dopamine in our it releases dopamine in our brains and and one of the fame one of the um, my favorite books or it was it started out with a with a video was from admiral i want to say rico i forgot what his name was but he wrote a book called make your bed and, right. um, yeah. and he described in there, and I've heard my brother, Greg, say many, many times, like, it's all about rebuilding people with small, esteemable actions, right? Mm-hmm. And so the thing, one of the things I do have, what everybody has now, it seems like is ADD, right? So, which I also think ADD is kind of a learned behavior and that you should, my unscientific opinion, is that you can kind of, um, a, a worker program to not have that. Like you could say, I'm not gonna do anything else right now, but this. And when you complete a task, rather than starting a task, and then rabbit trailing to another task, with rabbit trails to another, with rabbit trails to another, which happens if you know, if you're ADD, or you know somebody that's ADD, this is what happens. Oh, I'll go, I'll be three or four tasks away from what I originally started from, and then I feel like I never got anything done. Right. Which is um then you're mad at yourself. Mm. Is starting something and finishing something, it releases dopamine. So the small thing like making your bed in the morning um is something that's done and you can see it. And so having a routine, whether that's meditating or praying or reading your Bible or reading something that's uplifting or watching or listening to something, I think on a daily type of a thing, um and, and, and accomplishing things is Good medicine, man. I was kind of ranting to you a little bit about here where I live in Seattle. Right. We still haven't opened the gyms, right, and right. I love to go to the gym because I, it releases endorphins. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to shoot baskets. You know, I'm not a great basketball player. I won't play a pickup game because I'm too old. But there's something like when I shoot a three and it swishes, like it releases dopamine in my brain. It's it's I do this kind of thing for the mental side of it. Then um, you know then anything else, really.
0: No, I, I get all that. And I think, yeah, for me, like I know, I, I, was, I had no organization or discipline or structure or anything like that before I got sober. I just didn't. And, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, because there may be someone listening that's like, yeah, you know, I'm really struggling with this. And one of the, uh, the first things I remember as I started to get into, you know, personal development a little bit more and, Uh, was this idea of your MITs, your most important things. And see, like when I first started making a a to-do list, I would have like 90 things on there. And although you know I haven't been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD or anything like that, I was definitely someone that just had a tough time completing tasks. And one of the reasons was is because I was overloading myself with things and so what I started to do initially that helped so much it was just what are the three most important things that I need to get done today and it's like boom 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 so you're right you know I mean just like making your bed or going into you know I talk about this a lot on the show you know you go into the gym and you know you get started and you knock out that that one set of, you know, bench press or whatever that you didn't think you could do. And it's like, wow, that's a huge win. And it feels really good. And there is dopamine and all these great chemicals that are released. So it's all, it's all really good stuff. And again, I think, you know, personal development in in general, and just looking into ways, you know, beyond sobriety to better our lives is just it's so important, right? Because I think a lot of people would agree that we, we didn't get into this deal just to be sober, right? Like we, we probably want more than that in our lives. Now, I, I want to switch gears again, Rob, and go back to the magazine because we kind of uh, w- went off track a little bit there back in, into your life. But, you know, you guys have had some really awesome uh, interviews as I was going through, uh, you know, all the issues of the magazine. I meet people like Russell Brand and Daryl Strawberry, Jamie Lee Curtis, just to name a few. Is there one personal favorite that you have, like one personal favorite story that just kind of sticks tough. out in your mind?
1: No, you know, that's tough. I, I really can't answer that honestly and go, oh, yeah, this particular person. I mean, yeah. there are iconic people that yeah. if I was writing an email, depends on who it is, male, female, or what their pers- personal thing is to reach out to them that I'll say, you know, oh, God, we've had Jamie Lee Curtis on our cover. Russell Brand, like you mentioned, some of these, Congressman Patrick Kennedy, Olympic athletes, uh, stuff like that. Um, uh, I had the pleasure of, uh, I mean, I loved interviewing Nikki Six from Motley Crue. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. The guy's a genius. He's really, really deep. Dave Navarro, another rock star, probably the, you know, the artistic side they're deep, man. Um, I loved interviewing, uh, him. <clears throat> Congressman Patrick Kennedy was awesome. I mean, the guy wrote the mental health Parity law. He's, you know, JFK's uh, nephew. Uh, you know, that was, that, that was pretty incredible. And, um, uh, but they all actually, everybody's got a story. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, there, it, there's these pieces that are all kind of finally put together, that we can all go, Oh, God, that's me. and So it's really difficult to go, Yeah, I like this one the most. Um, I love the how do things work kind of side. So there was somebody that we actually didn't feature in the cover. Um, but it was one of my favorite interviews, personally was a guy named Johan Hari. And yeah. um, he's a big TED, Talks, TED Talk phenom, he's in recovery. Um, he wrote, uh, kind of did an investigative journalistic side to addiction and the uh, kind of how the opiate crisis started. Um, and then he wrote another book on depression, which I, I liked a lot too. And so I like to get into like the whole, like making connections, like how and why. Mm. So, um, now he really, was the really one
0: that, that said that connection is the opposite of addiction, right?
1: Purpose and connection, yeah. Purpose so connection. he did this whole thing. He talked about rat, uh, a uh, rat Disneyland or something like that, where they that. gave rats, you know, opiate yeah. or they give them uh, cocaine and then they gave rats cocaine, but they could also screw other rats and have all kinds of stuff to do, plus <laughs> plenty of food and mm-hmm. they didn't get addicted. So, um, yeah, man, and ha- and he talked about, Vietnam War vets that everybody was using heroin in Vietnam, but they came back. They thought there'd be just this massive thing, and there really wasn't because they went back to their families, people that loved them, and then a lot of them went back to jobs and things like that, and they started to do something. So I'm a real big believer in connection and purpose, real big.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm gonna have to go through and uh, and find that interview. That's pretty cool. Now, you know, I mean, we were we've talked about your story. We've talked about um, you know, why, to some degree, it's important to hear other stories. Why do you think people like to hear stories from, from celebrities like this? Like, what do you think there's a little more of an impact there? Like, what, yeah, what is it yeah. about that?
1: I mean, I always like to, uh, you know, I don't make any, you know, uh, we're always looking to feature somebody specifically, I mean, you have to capture somebody's attention. Sure, so sure. it's because they know, it, because they know somebody. And you're a, you a marketing know, guy. Well, yeah, a little bit, but it, it makes it sound like it's um, nefarious or something like mm. that a little bit. It's because when we're telling a story, yeah. we can identify, I believe, we can identify, we can go, oh, that's me. I, I, I know that, or we're alike, or I know you. So, um, and then we have this aspiration of, of within America and really everywhere in the world, I want to say Western society, even about, success and fame and influence um and beauty so um we're always kind of striving to try to in that regard or we put we elevate these kind of people so it gives the main impetus and the main goal of recovery today is we say we're a magazine of hope and Mm. so we want to be able to connect and reach people and so sometimes i mean a lot of these people they have larger platforms they're able to influence people and just to say, hey, this is what happened. And it can help a whole bunch of different people. It's not that their stories are more remarkable than other people, they're just regular people, but we're storytellers and the idea that they can go, oh, I know that guy, or that's amazing, or whatever it would be, we want to, as much as we can, connect with those kind of people because it can really impact and influence a lot of other people. That's really the whole, kind of the main reason why. Yeah,
0: I love that. Yeah, just just the reach, if anything, is going to be far more uh, greater. I, I get that completely. And I think one thing that I think about is just the fact that with a lot of these stories and, and definitely a lot of the the people that you guys have featured in the magazine, it's a like a fall from grace and then a, you know, almost like phoenix rising from the ashes, if First. you will, you know, exactly to where you know, maybe they don't always get back to where they were, so to speak. But it's, I think for me, again, it's a, hey, this person, because a lot of the times it's like, I think one of the things that captures my attention is that a lot of the times with these stories, it's such a public, a public downfall, right? And I can only imagine it's like, I went through what I went through, it was bad. But if I went through what I went through, and it was on this you know, stage in front of millions of people. And, man, that would be really tough. And to see these people to be able to get through that and, and survive, I think that, you know, that says a lot to me. And I'm sure it says a lot to, to the readers well, as well. You
1: know, we all make mistakes as we go along in life. And I think this is one of the reasons why, you know, Rocky was so successful. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we call it a Rocky story is and there's an old saying that people don't care does nobody Matt doesn't matter how many times you got nobody's interested in how many times you got knocked down they just want to know that you got back up and see in that and hearing somebody else's story their fall from grace and even if they're not all the way there yet maybe they're just still rebuilding or whatever it is maybe it's a different kind of a perspective but there's evidence that they got up it builds hope within them that I can get up Uh, you know like it's not too late like I can. So that's kind of the whole reason that we love stories. We love stories of, and we love, uh, I mean, I I love movies and books. I love it. It's, you know, like the reluctant hero, and then it is the, you know, thrust into some kind of a situation, and then there's progress, and then there's a major setback, and all hope is lost. And then just when it was all over, you know, that hero hung in there. It, we love stories like that because we want to be the we actually are the characters in our own stories. That's what's mm. so remarkable. Cool. And by the way, this is kind of one of the reasons if you might be able to tell in talking to me is in doing this, for me, it releases dopamine in myself. And as I say these kind of things, it, it reminds me again and again and again. And as I had told my brother, uh, you know Greg, about the magazine a long time ago, I said. It's therapy for me, man. Like it's actually like I, I. It's therapy. I want we. I believe we want to do good for people, and so I'm so beyond eternally grateful that we have had this platform. I'm beyond grateful that we've had amazing, influential people and our and people that are you know part of our of our family at Recovery Today. Our editor Sherry. We've had uh uh, you know we've had some people kind of come and go. My friend Colin uh, Donna, a whole bunch of people have started, they have like their own little columns that are in there that have become my friends. Like I'm beyond grateful for all of these people. And, um, it just, it makes me feel good because I know that there's one person that's listening to that can go. I can identify to that. You know, I I know it's the same kind of thing with your platform as well.
0: For sure. Yeah. And, and I think you bring up a good point, you know, getting out of self, like, Initially, we think of it like, yeah, it, it is a selfless thing, right? But selfishly, we like it because it feels good. Like it does feel good when we help others, and I think that's okay. Let's be honest about that. Like it, it yeah. feels good for me when I when I help someone else. I really love the way that you describe that because I, uh, you know, in the magazine, because I'm sure you guys have have helped a, a lot of people. Now, is there what what's next for Recovery Magazine? Uh, recovery today. Is there anything that you guys are are working on or, yeah. or any new we're projects in the, in the mix?
1: We're in the of, yeah. We're in the midst of launching a podcast. Awesome. This is what we're going to be doing here soon. I'll let the cat a little bit out of the bag. So we've got other, um, you know, people that we've been interviewing. Um, uh, it's kind of funny as a, as a, an internet marketer, I like to be in the front. So it was something that I've never really wanted to do because I had podcasts, you know, a hundred years ago, it seems like before anybody's doing it. And now it's like, oh yeah, they're going to launch a podcast. But we've got, you know, tons and tons of content and it's all about actually finding other channels to connect mm. and to reach people. It's not like, you know, unfortunately, it's not like addiction and recovery is going to disappear or that there's going to be less people that need help. And yeah. so um, we, I feel like are you finally like really in the opportune place. I mean, my hat is off to somebody that says, Hey, I'm going to launch a podcast and they, they're going to do their very first one, or, you know, they're going to, you know, they, they started it the last week type of a thing. At least we have this platform that we can actually launch from and, and then, you know, uh, uh kind of use content from both the magazine back to the podcast and vice versa. So, um, that's kind of the, I, I would say the big thing that, you know, that we're doing, and then we're always on the lookout for the next Interesting, cool, influ- influential covers—you know, sub-cover—and whether that be a rock star or an athlete or, um, you know, people say a lot of times they'll email us in and they'll say like, "Hey, I'd like you to tell my story on the cover." So <laughs> I tell them there's only like 12 covers, though. That's the main thing. There's only 12 covers. Right. Uh, um, uh, what's, that's kind of what I would say is probably what's new. Other than that, is just kind of keeping it going and keeping it going. And we really, I should say this from the very first issue that we have done every single issue we have very purposely tried to make better than the last issue mm. every single issue so I really feel that we have done that we have had maybe more remarkable to the general public people on one cover than another cover okay. but each and every issue has actually gotten better And so, um, I want everybody that actually looks at recovery today and it's completely free is whether they are considering addiction recovery for themselves, maybe they're sober curious, or it's a loved one saying like, maybe my husband, my wife, my kid, this would be a good thing to reach them or they're newly recovered. And they're just like, wow, the world's so fantastic. Like I'm finally not on drugs. You know, I can see clearly, or They have been in recovery maybe a long, long time, like 20 or 30 years, Um, you know, a guy that I met from my brother, Scotty Brown, love the guy, I think he's been sober for 30 something years. I want every one of those kind of people when they read it to find something and to go like, yeah, this is legit. That's the main thing is Mm -hmm. I want, that's what my brother told me a long time ago, you know, we started publishing and he looked at it and he told me, really, I would never even read a recovery magazine, honestly, like, you know, I think it would be stupid and cheesy. And then he read through finally read through some of what we were creating, pretty busy guy. And he goes, God, like, it's, this is actually legit, man. Like, this is cool. That's so, awesome. you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a, I'm just a normal kind of a person that has a real love to help people. And I'm opinionated and conversational. And I'm grateful that I can use some of these kinds of skills to help even a single person.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. So now you've touched on a few things here, Rob, but I want to ask, what does your recovery look like today, and and what do you do to maintain and grow your sobriety? Would you say?
1: Yeah, man. So you know, honestly, maintaining my sobriety is not a, a challenge for me in the least. Really, it's not. Um, it's not something that I need to work on at all. I kind of come back around again for myself to the mental health side of it. Yeah. So you know, I have to. Uh, um, constantly be in motion I have to constantly purpose myself to start a task and finish a task I have to constantly tell myself like this is something and, and this kind of goes into the, into the you know the prologue or the, the uh, uh, pre-interview part or a conversation we had about you know these um, never seen in the world type of events that are going on right now is right. this is something I can control And I can do this. Hmm. This is not something I can control. And in my case, for whatever your higher power is, I just say like, I'll just pray about this. Okay, I'm going to turn this over. I don't know how things are going to turn out. Can't do anything about that. Over here, this is what I can do. Like I can focus, I can try to help somebody. I can have a great interview or article or something like that. So what do I try to do, I guess, for my own stuff is uh, um i I just try to stay on task with every single thing uh, uh, that i'm doing um someday i'll be able to get back into the gym um but i'm you know i I, i'm i'm disciplined in providing service in any place that i can so i connect this is therapeutic i guess i would say is uh, you know I'm, i'm on doing multiple interviews we're writing content all of the time all of this for me personally is very unique it's not like i'm advocating like oh this is how you do it Recovery today is very much an abstinence-based, um, uh, 12, highly 12-step structured type of a protocol. If anybody ever comes to me and says, like, my kid, my this, my that, it's always, if you can, is to get into some kind, uh, is to get into some kind of a place that you can go to, find a meeting and things like that, because my opinion is it's what works the most, but we're not even dogmatic to it. Sure. so um that's kind of my own you know my own um again different maybe less remarkable uh you know type of a of a story i mean i get up i i read i pray um if i find if i don't do these kind of things then i start going sideways man so people will tell you yoga or meditation or something like that and the answer to that kind of thing is yes
0: yeah yeah yes yes to all of it try it out i yeah i really like that and i think you know, I appreciate just your honesty in saying that, uh, because I, I'm with you. You know that, and I haven't been as sober as long as you had. But having a few years uh, in the steel, you know, I think it's important for people to hear uh, from someone like you that has been around a while. Like, hey, like it's been a while since picking up a, a drink or getting high seemed like a good idea. It's it's just not in everyday struggle about that. And I think what I hear a lot of people.
1: Years. That's how I had to actually do the math. 20, 26
0: years. 26 years. Yeah, man. That's, so that's, that's incredible, right? And, and I think
1: that. I mean, when you got a wife that, you know, you got a pretty wife that you love dearly um, and, and friends and stuff like that too, you know, we'll go out to dinner and, you know, she'll throw down a couple of drinks. I always make a joke that I'd say, well, why don't you have another? You know, she'll say, seriously, you want me to, you know, I'm going to go home and fall asleep. well, you know, maybe hold off, Two is probably enough. But, um, and also, I would say, too, that doesn't really get it either. You know, hmm. um, never has, never had, the, the whole concept is different wiring. Doesn't right. really get, it has pa- empathy and passion and compassion. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's different. Pretty awesome, man. So before we wrap up, Rob, what
0: is one piece of advice that you'd maybe like to share with the sober nation?
1: Well, you know, I, am not sure if your demographic and, and again, you know, I want to thank you for, um, hearing my story, you know, and, and being interested. I, I think we all have a story, uh, to, to, to tell. And it's really cool. To have somebody else be interested to to listen to it so thank you uh, so much for this and so i don't know what your demographic is i don't know if it's you know i'm a sober nation it kind of tells me like most people here are sober yeah <laughs> it's probably a lot of the stuff that i shared not very eloquently as we went along here that like i see that um There is one thing I can actually say, actually, I I will say, I've said it several times, it just popped into my mind, is if you think that you're screwed, and you think that, you know, life sucks, and you think that things are really, really shitty uh, for you, or whatever it might be, or why does this always happen to me, or this is the story of my life, this is kind of the most important thing, is I would say, you have to reframe that and think differently about it that it's not the story of your life, it's a chapter. Mm -hmm. And if it's something that's bad, then it's actually what makes the story interesting. So what makes stories interesting, if a story started out and the character was born or entered into the movie and then everything just went along really, really well, it wouldn't have a story, it would be really dumb and boring, you know? So all of these things, these wrenches that get thrown into the works they're all what we call a plot twist. That's really the main kind of a thing is it's a plot twist. So if you're thinking like, oh, my life is this or that, take yourself out of your life itself, look at your life as though you're somebody watching a movie or reading a book or something like that. And you're gonna have this expectation like, wow, I wonder what's gonna happen, okay? Mm-hmm. Like if, you, if, the, if the hero can hang in there something's going to happen and something's going to turn. It might be today or tomorrow or whatever it is, but something's going to happen. So if you can purpose to do that, that's probably the most important nugget that I could leave somebody with is look at your life as though you're reading and watching your own story, work as hard as you can, and then just like wait to see like how it's all going to turn out and, and be a detective and look for the miracles that are there. That's probably what I would tell people.
0: Wow, that man! I really love that. So, basically, I mean, you're basically saying that, hey, you can write the next chapter. Like, this is just that wasn't the whole thing. This is just part of it. It's what makes life interesting. I, I'm with you, and yeah, I, I think for me personally, and and when I look at other people I know, and and like you just described about your own story, it says challenges it really force us to grow and and make us better people. I think so. That's that's awesome advice, Rob. So you can learn more about Recovery Today and subscribe for free by visiting recoverytodaymagazine.com. dot com. Thanks again for coming on the show, Rob.
1: Really cool. Thanks for having me. I. I- had a good time and again thank you for giving me the 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 platform here Jonathan
0: be sure to check out the show notes for all the info from today's episode Sober Nation FM is brought to you by Sobriety Engine Sobriety Engine is a free online community of men and women supporting each other in their recovery visit SobrietyEngine.com to join today this show is also brought to you by Recover Health if you're ready to get fit and start living a healthier lifestyle while supporting your sobriety You can learn more about having me as your own personal fitness and nutrition coach at rcvrhealth.com. And again, whether you're listening to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, please share this with your friends, follow, subscribe, and leave us a review. Nation, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next
1: time.